You're listening to The Journey Podcast. I don't know anyone who hasn't experienced stress at work. And in today's episode, we learn about burnout, stress, and how coaching can help. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end, this is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today marks the start of Mental Illness Awareness Week in the U.S., The theme this year is Back to Basics. And for this bonus episode, I interviewed an amazing stress and burnout coach. Unfortunately, most people have experienced stress and many people struggle with chronic or ongoing stress. Often, this stress comes from work and there could be many reasons for that. Jessica Bowser is a stress and burnout coach and corporate trainer who helps stressed corporate professionals have a work-life balance without sacrificing their job or performance so they can sleep peacefully, make time for who and what they love, and finally feel successful in their career and their life. With a master's degree in psychology, Jess has spent years helping people improve their physical and mental health through a holistic approach to their overall wellness With extra qualifications in health as a certified personal trainer, Jess brings a unique focus to how movement, nutrition, and recovery bring a person to perfect equilibrium that catapults their performance, success, and drive, which all begins and ends with mindset. Here is my interview with Jessica Bowser. Hi, Jessica. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I'm looking forward to our chat because burnout and stress are really at the forefront of our mental health. Welcome to the Journey Podcast. Thank you so much, Petra. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Wow, me too. I can't wait to get into this because I think there's so many listeners that are really going to want to hear about this. And, you know, even for myself, I don't know exactly what the difference between stress and burnout is. Should we start with that? Do you want to go over that? Yes. So a lot of people kind of use the terms loosely as if they're interchangeable. And, you know, even me being in this work, I can find myself, you know, when we're talking to a friend, just kind of saying, oh, man, I feel like I'm I'm getting burnt out. But there Mm -hmm. is a difference. So burnout is actually a psychological diagnosis that is seen in the medical field mostly. So going to the doctor, they could say, you know, that you're showing signs of burnout and actually grant you stress leave or things like that if it seems that it's starting to impede with your life. So whereas stress, stress is more, you know, anything that happens in our life. Stress doesn't even necessarily have to be negative or positive. It's just a thing that causes a reaction in our body. So burnout, when we look at the definition, is characterized by three main things, exhaustion, cynicism, 
and feelings of reduced ability to do something. Typically, again, looked at in the work setting. So reduced ability to do your professional duties. Whereas again, stress, it's just something that we're experiencing, something that we feel, and it can be for a moment or a lot of times though, we're starting to see people with chronic stress. So the stress is starting to kind of bleed and not really have an end to the cycle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. And thank you so much for taking us through that. And, you know, the next question is, how did you get into coaching people with stress and burnout? Because that is something that is so needed in today's world. And I think there isn't enough people that can help with stress and burnout. Yes. So I like to think of it as just my life kind of leading me here. It wasn't something that I had made a conscious decision to do. (laughs) I first had my experience with burnout in college. So I was a college student and I was a very high achieving person. And I had kind of set my sights on the school that I wanted to get into and what I wanted to do. And so I just found myself, you know, in a constant state of stress, which eventually started to lead to chronic exhaustion, both mentally and physically, feeling that my performance was struggling. So even though I was putting everything that I could into it, I found that, you know, I would maybe miss a deadline or I would be last minute or I'd, you know, my memory would lapse. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, I have these things to do. And so I wasn't feeling like I was actually, you know, really at my optimal level of performance. And so that was my first inclination to burnout. I had no clue that that's what that was. And then I went to grad school and I was in graduate school for a clinical psychology program. And obviously, you know, you learn a lot about the mind. And I just knew that I wasn't in a healthy space. I was really, really suffering with a lot of anxiety, getting in such deep states of depression that I'm not even sure how I made it sometimes. Like I was just laying in the bed in the fetal position just dreading getting up to start the day, but somehow I would do it. And I found myself, you know, going to defaulting to fitness and really focusing on my physical health mm-hmm. just to help my mental health. Because that is something that we learn in the clinical psychology field is that exercise can really help. So I was like, well, you know, just to get outside and go on a walk or go running, that's free. I don't have to pay any money for that. I could do that. Let me start there. And so I started there. And what actually ended up happening was I started throwing myself so much into fitness and really improving my physical and mental health that once I graduated from my program, called my parents and I said, you know what, I'm going to try to be a personal trainer. (laughs) So not exactly the call that, you know, parents are looking forward to. But that's actually what really catapulted me into the physical health aspect and tying in the psychology and the mindset piece there. And I ended up getting promoted within the gym setting and became one of the managers in the top gyms in the district where I led a large team. And this time I had my son. And so once I became a mother, there was like an extra layer of stress that had been added to my plate. And trying to juggle both being a working mother as well as this high achieving professional was, it became very difficult for me. And I got to the point where I was like crying on the way to work. I would go to my car during lunch and cry and I would vent about it when I got home and it was all I talked about and I was obsessing about it and I didn't feel like it was necessarily making me a better manager, a better employee. I wasn't performing any better, but it was consuming everything about my thoughts. 
I feel like I wasn't very present. You know, I look back on that time and I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know how I made it through. I don't know how I was able to be a mother to a two-year-old and how I was able to be a partner. And, you know, there was a lot of arguments that ensued during that time as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I had gotten in such a low place again. And, and I had to think back, like, when have I felt this before? And I recognized I'd actually been through this a few times. It was just in different phases of my life. And so I ended up quitting my job which coincided with the pandemic. So for me, it was perfect. And it really allowed me the time and space to really look into, you know, people want to improve their physical health, especially during the COVID times. Yeah. But what is getting in the way? And the thing that I noticed with my clientele as a personal trainer was stress. It was, you know, I'm too tired to come to the gym. I'm too tired to work out. I have all this stuff on my plate. Life happens and my, you know, fitness routine kind of falls by the wayside. And so I'd actually gotten a client who worked at a Fortune 50 company. And when she initially started with me, it was for health coaching. She just wanted to implement some better health habits and really be able to start working out and taking care of herself because she felt like her work-life balance was just off. And we couldn't even really get into it because every time she would show up, she was just so stressed with work and with everything that was going on. And one of the things that really, really stuck out to me and, you know, just like hit my heart, she said, I want to be a mother, but I can't even consider doing that in the space that I'm in because I can't even handle what I have going on in my life now. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a big moment because even for us that are mothers, we can understand exactly where she's coming from because there are some days where like, I don't even know how I'm handling it. (laughs) And so... That was actually the client that really pushed me to work with professionals in being able to achieve this work-life balance because I, for the first time in my life, feel like I had achieved that and the fulfillment was, you know, unimaginable. You just kind of feel like, oh, you know, I have a job and maybe I like it, maybe I don't, but that's just kind of what life has to serve. And I just have to figure out how to manage all this stuff. And I don't know if I ever will. And I don't believe that that's the case. So that's the long story of how I got into this is based on experience, but then also working with the clientele that I worked with, just really seeing how much this is really impacting people, especially, you know, in the midst of a global pandemic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I love the fact that you are able to help people who are in those situations because <laughs> let's face it, that's my excuse why I don't go to the gym because I'm too busy. <laughs> so, <For sure. laughs> you know, I completely understand <laughs> where they're coming from. And I can imagine a lot of other women can understand that too. Once you, you know, put on all the different hats that we wear as career women, as mothers, as wives, we also have families those things all add up and they all compete for time. And in the end, usually what does fall by the wayside is our own mental health and our own health. So I can definitely relate to that. Now, you also work with companies in addition to clients. And how do you incorporate this work that you do for stress and burnout with companies? Yes. So what I realized was I had to figure out how to reach these people when they feel like work is just bogging them down, right? Like maybe they see me on social media or they hear what I have to say and they're like, oh, that sounds great, but I just don't even have the time. And so 
I figured, okay, if I can, one, be able to have the company pay to take care of their employees, like not only am I helping the individual, but we're also starting to create an impact in the very place or environment that is affecting these people. Mm-hmm. So I currently go in to companies and deliver workshops to help their leadership. And so for instance, I worked with my client's company at the Fortune 50 company, and I worked with another company out here in California. And we just did full day workshop or broke it up over the course of a few weeks, if it's a time sensitive kind of thing. And we just worked on the mindset piece, talking about the limiting beliefs, talking about identity and how all of that plays into our stress and burnout. And it's revolutionary for a lot of people because it's the first time, especially in a work setting, that they're able to really think about themselves and think about how they operate and recognize that you cannot be a different person at work than you are at home. And a lot of times we think that we can compartmentalize that. But as we often know, you know, if something happens at home, we do bring it to work, regardless if we talk about it, it does impact us and vice versa. And so really just showing people like you are the same person. And so how do we manage that and really helping them improve their productivity and their performance at work, as well as taking care of themselves, I think is the biggest piece of this. Mm -hmm. And that's so, so important. I mean, at work and at home, for sure. Now, there are obviously many things in our lives that can add stress to our day-to-day routines. And, you know, people experience stress because of all sorts of different things. But is burnout only caused by work? So according to the definitions that you find, a lot of them do relate to work. However, the pandemic showed us that the medical field and healthcare were starting to see burnout and heavy loads. We started to see teachers doing, you know, teaching over Zoom. We're starting to experience burnout. In working with the clientele that I worked with as a health coach, I was working with mothers and some of them weren't working and they were burnt out. And so I think it's really important to see how no, the answer is no, that burnout is not only caused by work, it, it can really be in other fact in other facets of our life, mm-hmm. but being able to see that incidences like a pandemic can really help us kind of take a definition and really expand on it and see, oh, so it's not relegated to what we first thought. Right. Okay. That's something really important to learn, actually, I think. And so talking about burnout, then what do you believe can help with that? Because that's the next logical thing is, well, what do we do about this then? Yes. So I think the common solution that you see is, oh, well, just make time for (laughs) self-care. Yes. And I think that that's a very surface level solution because as we all know, as you just said, like, you know, it's easy to say, well, I'm just too busy to go to the gym or I'm just too busy to do this thing or my kids come first or, or whatever reasons we can come up with. But really, it comes down to our beliefs around why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And so we call those limiting beliefs or our belief system, as well as our identity and how much it, we are wrapped up into what we think something should look like. So as a professional, as a mother, as a spouse, and how it actually shows up in our life. And if those things aren't in alignment. So 
We have our belief system, we have our identity, and we have our values. And if we can start to shift how we view things, that is really what's going to help kind of change our behaviors at a lower level and our environment to be able to be conducive to what we really want in our lives, aka that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great explanation of that. And do you want to talk a little bit about what exactly limiting beliefs are and how they can show up for people? So we see some common limiting beliefs pop up for people, specifically things like, I have to work twice as hard is one that we see with women or we see with minorities. And so it's really important to be able to notice that for one, this is not a unique theory. This is not something that is just, you know, specific to this one person. And so a lot of times in the work that I do, I can speak to a whole group of people because they all understand. It might show up differently for them, but they understand, oh, wow, yeah, that is something that I feel in my life. And so another one is to be the best. So depending on how you grew up or the things that were kind of told to you is I have to be the best. And so again, we can see how that might show up in perfectionism or overworking or imposter syndrome. And again, these common limiting beliefs in showing that people see that it affects them, but they don't think about where it showed up first, how it was reinforced and how it's impacting them today. And we do see that they can have a positive benefit at some point in our life. But when you start feeling chronic stress or you start seeing signs of burnout, it has now tipped into being something that propelled you to now something that is impacting you negatively and, and becoming detrimental in your life. Mm -hmm, exactly. And like we discussed a little bit before, people might not be aware that that's what's going on. So it's really good to point that out and mention some of those things. And especially, I think in our childhood, some of those limiting beliefs are already formed by possibly what our family believes and or what our relatives or friends believe. And that can impact then what we take on as well. And we might not even be aware that that's what we're carrying around with us. Exactly, exactly. And I have a feeling that many listeners can identify with stress and burnout. I actually don't know anybody who has told me that they have a stress-free life, as nice as that would be. So I think this is part of nearly everybody's life. And do you have some ideas how people can start addressing their stress and or burnout and their work-life balance? Yes. So when you're in a state of chronic stress or even burnout, which signifies a more immediate need, we need to figure out how to start kind of recharging and rejuvenating you now. And so one of the activities that I do in my corporate work as well with individuals is And I will actually go ahead and give this activity to your listeners. Mm -hmm. And so we can definitely put something together and add a link for you to add in the show notes if you want. And so it's where you look at this wheel of life and the wheel of life consists of about seven areas in your life. So free time, relationships, career, health, finance, community or contribution, and your personal. And so you go through and you rank each of these areas on a scale of one to 10, one being, you know, it's not fulfilling. I'm not happy. It needs a lot of growth. 10 being it's perfect. 
you know, and we know that nothing will be perfect. However, most people won't put a 10, but they might say 9.5. But putting a number in that area, and then you identify one to two areas, no more than that, that you want to focus on improving. We can all say, oh, we all have growth or improvements in all areas, but we can't focus on all of those areas at the same time. Multitasking is a myth. (laughs) So what we want to do is just pick one or two areas to focus on. Once you do that, you're going to jot down as many small incremental action steps that you could possibly think of in that area. And so we don't want to put any limitations on it or any boundaries on it. Just write down. So if you say free time, you could say travel, but now we want to try to get really specific. Like, where are we traveling? Are we traveling to Saudi Arabia or are we traveling to, you know, I'm in Southern California. Do I just say San Diego, right? Like those require two different, you know, kind of itineraries, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And a lot more steps to do the first to go to Saudi Arabia. So what we want to do is try to break those steps down as small as possible. So even if I were to say, okay, travel to San Diego, what would I do in San Diego? What would that look like? And create these small steps. So if we say, I want to focus on relationships, we're going to then try to choose one of those action steps that we can implement in the next hour. So for example, people will say, okay, well, I want to start doing date nights once a week with my spouse. Well, that might be something you can implement in the next hour if you don't have children, right? If you do have children, you might need to find a sitter and there's these extra steps that's going to impede you from implementing it now. So we want to get really creative. Well, what can I do to connect with my spouse in the next hour? And it could be we, you know, put our phones away and we talk, we just have a conversation or we play a game together or maybe it's a, we kind of, you know, make it a family thing. If we have kids and we don't have a sitter and we know it will be interrupted, maybe we make it a family thing, but it's still a way to connect. And so again, the key here is to pick something that you can do in the next hour and to make it a very, very small step. And then once you do that, first and foremost, you will feel like, wow, I actually made time. I prioritized time to do something for me today that I actually feel was impactful. Because a lot of times people, they do things, but there's a lack of intentionality behind it. And so we feel like, oh my gosh, like I had two days on the weekend, it blew by, I didn't do anything. I still feel tired by Monday. Yes. But it was because there was a lack of intentionality there. Mm -hmm. Maybe we took the weekend to do some errands or, you know, to do things around the house, but that didn't actually refill us. And so we just want to be very intentional. I think that's a word I use a lot with my clients is just being intentional. Mm -hmm. And so you can use this activity to then start scheduling and creating things to do. So now, okay, now let's try to schedule something for next weekend, or let's try to schedule something for next month. But we want, again, especially with burnout, because it is a more crucial thing to address right now. And You can choose something to do in the next hour, but then you can also use this activity to plan in the future. And the idea is that you get a couple of things that are valuable to you that will affect those areas that you said you want to focus on. And you can schedule them within the week and then get them on the calendar for within the month. And then again, the goal is over the course of your 
52 weeks or your year that you're saying, I have been very intentional with making sure that I'm prioritizing the area that I said I want to focus on, regardless of my 40, 50, 60 hour work week, regardless of having all the other things, I'm making sure that I'm prioritizing things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that works really well. I actually tried that myself as well. And I wanted to work on the area of health in my life. And the first thing (laughs) that I did was schedule myself a nap. And that might sound a little silly, but I tell you, with the busyness in our lives and all the things that are going on, there often is not enough time to rest and sleep. And so scheduling just even a 30-minute nap for the afternoon did me really, really well. And I felt so much better after. So there are little things that you can do really in any of those categories to give yourself that first little push to get going. And then, like you said, if you do that consistently over the weeks and over the months, you'll actually find that you're making some big changes already. Yes. And I love that, the nap, because I think a lot of us will be like, oh my gosh, I'm just so tired. I feel like I need a week vacation to sleep, right? Like that's the only (laughs) way that we're going to feel rested and recharged. But again, it comes down to intentionality. Yeah. Small little steps to get going for sure. Exactly. And do you have a way that people can work with you if they feel aligned with this episode and they'd like to check out what you can do with them? Is there anything they can do with you to work with you? Yes. So I actually will also offer your audience a complimentary breakthrough session. Thank you. So I usually offer these to my email list from time to time, not all the time, and then to my corporate clients, participants. And what they do is they end up scheduling their breakthrough session. And a lot of them like to dive deeper onto these limiting beliefs because it is easier to do with a professional than on your own, Mm -hmm. right? Like your beliefs are your beliefs. So it's harder to kind of uncover them and get get there without the the sort of questioning that I go through with them. Mm -hmm. So, or whatever area they feel like they want to dive deeper in. So it might even creating a self-action plan as far as this will of life and how they can improve the area that they choose. And so that is something that we can do on the complimentary breakthrough call. And yeah, I can give you the link so that they can book that. Perfect. That sounds amazing. And thank you so much for offering that. I know that there are a lot of people that can benefit from that. So thank you so much. And we will be linking to Jessica's offerings in the show notes as well. So you can check those out for all the details on the complimentary session and any other links. Well, Jessica, this has been an incredible episode. And I really hope our listeners have learned as much as I have about stress and burnout because it is such an important topic nowadays. And it has been amazing chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I love talking about this because, yes, like you said, it is so needed. Yes, definitely. And especially after the last few years, I think it's even more so important than it was even before then. So. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time and take care, Jessica. All right. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media and leave us a review and be sure to get your copy of our brand new ebook called Break Free. Sending you love and courage and see you next week. Until then, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and the journey blog.